Content warning, this episode has mentions of extreme violence, rape, child abuse, and sexual abuse. This is Rating Descending. Where we watch IMDb's Worst 250 so you don't have to. My name is Abigail Ward. And I'm Michelle St. Clair. And tonight, we are watching The Human Centipede, The Fur Sequence. A mad scientist kidnaps and mutilates a trio of tourists in order to reassemble them into a human centipede created by stitching their mouths to each other's rectums. Let's watch. How can you be a cynical person after Samwise Gamgee insisted to you at the midpoint that that it's not? Well, not really that. That it's sort of later than the midpoint. That when he insisted what? The world can be a good place and it's worth fighting for. Yeah. Like how, how can you be cynical after that, you know? Yeah, 100%. It was not long after the midpoint of like yeah. the whole thing. Really. Sort of like the atonement with the father sort of yeah. section, that like middle of Act 2B, not quite apotheosis, but it's... It's post midpoint. Mm. Yeah. Post midpoint. Post midpoint. That's my little fucking post punk oh, band. That's actually not bad for a, like, you know, like the, a modern Midwestern emo band. Yeah. Your I- mom called me last night. I didn't see her, but I saw you smile. I held your hand that time, but I didn't know that you would get. You know how it's like it's all like so much. It's all it's all very jangly guitar, but it's all like so much more technically complicated than like old. Pop punk. It's the 17th of June and it's my birthday. Yeah. Tomorrow. Which means by the time this comes out, it'll have been. <laughs> oh, what the? F- <laughs> so much. Come on. <laughs> I need the people listening at home to understand how much Abby didn't like give any forewarning of that burp. Mm. Abby was sitting there looking like she was listening to what I said. I sat on it. And then I? it almost sort of like forced its way out of you all of a sudden. Kept it in my back pocket. You didn't do the respectful thing and at least point away from the microphone. No. Or like hold a little finger up in the air like something's about to occur. You got to have better mic etiquette, man. What? I got these headphones Look on. Look at your you elbows on the table while we're recording talking it's about mic etiquette. nothing to do etiquette. with my microphone. Yeah, get your hands off the table, young woman. <laughs> I'm going to turn 26. Yeah. You're already 26. Yeah. 26 is such a nothing age, and I'm not excited for it. I disagree. It's very definitive. 25 is officially your mid-20s, but you're still clinging on to it. You know, you're like, ah, that's on the younger side. Like, if a character on TV is 25, they're grouped with the children. But if they're 26 on something, say, like Community, they'd be grouped with the older characters. I know what you mean. I think if we're splitting into halves... 25, the entirety of being 25 falls on the latter half. Just mathematically, it does. Yeah. But if we're talking about groups, I don't really split them into halves. I split them into early, mid, late. Yeah. And you've got early as like, it caps off at like, when you hit 24, you're now in your mid 20s. I think 24, 25, 26, mid, 27, 28, 29, late. I think of it in terms of sitcom dynamics. 26 is where you start to approach the age of like early seasons of shows that are effectively about being 30. Mm. Like things like Friends or How I Met Your Mother. I'm probably the age fucking Rachel Green was when she runs in in her wedding dress. You are no longer in the early 20s sitcom. Again, there's something like Community (sighs) where there's a bunch of characters who are like 19 to 21 and then around 30. But 26, you're going to be lumped in with the older people. I'm going to get like, lumped in with Britta. You're Britta. I'm Britta. I've known that for a long time. Yeah. I've got big Britta energy. You do. I start conflict for no reason. I you yell do. a lot. And I'm very blonde. <laughs> I'm very blonde. You too sometimes start making a point without knowing entirely what it is. The the line where Britta says, stop infantilizing me, and then she gets on a little kid's bike and she like <laughs> rides away on it. It resonated. Yeah. I mean, we're both big defenders of those last two seasons, and if that I'm was Britta, a fantastic moment. Um, I think you would have been our bed like four years ago. Thank you. But you're definitely turning into a nanny. Okay. I can live with that. Yeah. Like a later season. Because I'm not, season I'm not like not Annie. young, like, oh, yeah. Jeff, oh, shucks. Stop. But I'm definitely Annie, like when she's yelling about doing the rules right. <gasps> and then as soon as the rules don't make any sense, she's like, all right, let's burn down all the rules. 100%. And make new ones. Yeah. Yeah. You got that energy. But 26 is, it's, yeah, I'm going into my, I'm, I'm at the end of my mid 20s, going into my late 20s. Let me cling to what I have. 
Yeah. It's very upsetting the fact that when we finish this podcast, we'll both be Sometimes I think about that. Like, there's so many things I'm trying to do in my life where I'm like, if I start doing this now, I'll be close to, I'll be like 28 and that's almost 30. Or yeah. I'll be 29 and I'm all, but this is the thing I'm like, this will not end until I am 30. <laughs> that's really terrifying. It's terrible getting older, but I will say I like myself more as I get older. So yeah. I think me in a year will be even better than me right now, and me right now is better than I was a year ago. That's Kind of. 2020 that... was really more of a stagnant year where we all just kind of floated bobbed in a jar <laughs> of water waiting for something to occur. What I was going to say, though, is uh, yeah, getting older is terrifying. I agree that I certainly like myself a lot more at 26 it's weird because i'm like oh i'm 26 but at the same time i'm like yeah but i also think that 20 year old michelle's a fucking idiot so yeah you know but you'll be 30 and be like 25 year old michelle sucked the only thing that terrifies me more than aging is that almost six months to the day after i turn an age you start going oh my god i'm gonna be 26 and i'm like come on man i just need this (laughs) this week we watched (laughs) The human centipede, the first sequence. That's great. There's many I... segues I could have used tonight. Well, I, I can cut that from anywhere. In. No. <laughs> we watched the human centipede, and boy, did we! I feel like I was resting okay today. Honestly, like I've come yeah. in, I've come into this episode a little flat, and I was, I was having a perfectly mediocre fine day. Nothing bad, nothing good. Yeah. And in comparison, as you mentioned, to the days that we've had previously recently. That's a pretty good day. Yeah. And then I watched this movie and my mood plummeted yeah. in all sorts of ways. <laughs> yeah, I get that. It was confronting. It made me upset. Yeah. But not because of the gore of the film. I could handle that. Yeah. Gore is fine. There was definitely moments that were disgusting. It was more everything around the film and the making of the film that made me sad. Yeah. I mean, look, I got really annoyed at this film. And it's because it's baiting me. This movie is daring me to get already dismissive of it because it's gross. It's like, oh yeah, human centipede. Bet you think that's stupid. Bet you think that's (laughs) disgusting. I'm making art and you're just gonna dismiss it offhand. You're not even gonna watch it. And I'm like, fuck you. This is not good enough to bait me. I hate being told what to do and I don't like a movie that is daring me to think it's bad when it is yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's like they're daring you to think it's bad because they're like, but it's edgy. Like, you can't deny that it's edgy cinema. Yeah. It's shock cinema. And it's like, it doesn't mean it's good or worthwhile. Yeah. And I have so many thoughts about that. It really made me angry. It made me as angry as when we watched fucking Fifty Shades Freed. Yeah. I think that I, like, lost my mind at that episode because we started just talking about misogyny on yeah. screen <laughs> and we both just were, like, spitting hate that whole episode. I'm kind of in a similar place today. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm at the point of, like, this movie thinks it's being artful. Like, it's not a bad movie on purpose. It thinks it's being artful. And that makes me go, I refuse to take the bait. I will approach it critically. And critically, it is fucking awful. Yeah. It is a bad movie. Yeah, I think there's so many fucking things to unpack here about it, to be honest. There's, like, obviously, there's a bunch of things I really want to touch on. Mm. But, um... Like, uh, listeners, you all know The Human Centipede. I'm sure you are drawn to this episode because everyone has seen or heard of This Human Centipede, which is rare for this list because this list is usually full of really strange, unknown titles. But this week, this is a very well-known film. Yeah, this this episode, I expect straight to the top, baby! And it goes straight to the top. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know it does. (laughs) Floor 60, baby, of the 60-floor building that I'm referring to. (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> I just want to like meet you one time in a garage in a big trench trench coat and I say it goes straight to the top in a gravelly voice. We say nothing else. We part ways. You have to uncover the mystery, the riddle that I have given to you. Straight to the top. Michelle. My God. I go to the circus. To the top. It only the takes one bad egg to rock the barrel. Now it just now this just sounds like setup where it's just <laughs> idiom after idiom. It takes two eggs to crack a bird, but a rolling stone gathers no stones. <laughs> yeah, this film angered me. And I didn't want it to, but it did. Mm. And I think it's because this is my episode. I did the research. And yeah. I the first thing I wanted to see was like who thought of this idea. And it was the director and writer Tom Six. Mm. Have you heard about Tom Six before? Um, I know the first five. <laughs> 
I've heard Model 1 wasn't very good. I assume they... <laughs> you know what? As we stated last episode, this is not a funny podcast anymore, nor is it a sexual podcast. We're here for serious debate, criticisms, critiques, analysis, no wet slapping tits, no sack fun bags of sweet fat. <laughs> no, you had your fun during my parade of focus. <laughs> now I disrupt you. <laughs> your torrent. Now you rain on my parade. Yeah. Tom Six is a Dutch filmmaker. I, I encourage you after this to look up a photo of him, like go onto his Wikipedia and look at the photo there. Oh, what a fucking dork. Oh, my God. This man yeah. thinks he's the coolest person on the planet yeah. in 1930. What a f- piece of shit. So, yeah, so Tom Six is the writer-director here, and he basically got the idea for this film. He's wearing a white suit. He looks like he owns a plantation in Cuba. He got the idea because he was watching the news and some child molester was getting fucking sent to prison and he and his friends were like oh man like that man should have his mouth stitched onto a truck driver's anus and then that joke turned into this idea and to his credit before i get into it to his credit i'm doubtful (laughs) he has made a film that is very remembered and Mm. people know of it and it was moderately successful but it's still you know when you have these dark fantasies you just don't need to make all of them They don't need to come into fruition. We don't need to explore these things. We shouldn't. Yeah. Just leave it be. I don't think that the human centipede existing in the world has had a positive impact on the world. No, it did. Like, uh, to add to what you're saying, like, when watching this, I was very much struck by this is not a 90-minute film. This is a 20-minute short. This isn't a premise that needs a movie. Like, this isn't a premise that has a story. It's just uh, an excuse to do the thing. Yeah to do the idea. Yeah. I mean, the most interesting scene, 100%, is when he's just explaining the human centipede. Yeah. Everything around that is uninteresting. Mm. Like, if it was, like, a weird 15-minute, like, art horror short, it might actually be okay. But there isn't that much to explore about this other than that it's fucking awful to watch. It's not, like, an interesting horror idea. It's just a weird one. It's just a weird idea he's put into a, yeah, an, an hour and a half of film that we didn't actually have to sit the entire way through. Yeah. I'll give you the overview. (laughs) Lindsay and Jenny, two American tourists in Germany, get a flat tire. They go to a nearby house and are drugged and detained by the doctor living there, Joseph Heiter. Lindsay attempts to save Jenny and escape, but the plan fails. Along with a Japanese tourist, Katsuro, they are all stitched into the famous mouth-to-anus situation we all know and love. Haita is delighted by the success of the operation and treats the centipede like a dog, teaching it tricks and giving it harsh punishments. Haida soon finds that Jenny has sepsis and will need to be killed and replaced. Two detectives visit the house to investigate the disappearance of the tourists, and Haida sets his sights on replacing Jenny with them. Haida isn't great at playing cool and unsus, which is an insane scene, by the way, yeah. where he really just baits the detectives into <laughs> getting a warrant <laughs> yeah. to search his house. <laughs> Very strange. <laughs> Katsuro stages an escape and attacks Haita, but the centipede are soon cornered again. Katsuro aggressively monologues and slits his own throat. The detectives return and they're both killed in a shootout with Haita, who is ultimately shot in the head. Katsuro bleeds out and Jenny dies of sepsis. Lindsay remains alive, sandwiched between them. That's it. That's it. From hearing the movie, there's large swaths of it where you're like, it sounds like not much is going on. Like, the sewing together is the midpoint. Yeah, yeah. When they, they awaken to find that they're the centipede halfway through the film. Yeah. It takes ages. The first 45 minutes is literally nothing. The first 45, yeah, 45 minutes is like, they get a flat tire, they get to the house, they deal with like this really, it's a really long, slow, painful scene of hit, like them and Haita when he drugs them and sedates them. They wake up, they're angry, they're scared. He's explaining things to them. He kills a guy that he had captured previously that he was going to use, he, but he didn't match. Yeah, he says like he's not compatible. Yeah, which he doesn't kills him. doesn't mean anything. Lindsay stages an escape, yeah, and he's like, oh, "You will be my middle piece." Yeah, I as, know this as punishment. Which I, I will say right now, I said I wanted to approach it from a critical perspective. That is the first and most crucial mistake of the entire movie. A horror thriller like this is entirely built around the charisma and interplay of the protagonist and the antagonist. Mm. Right, like. Halloween works because it's not just that Michael Myers is scary, it's that we like and care about Jimmy Lee Curtis. It's why Friday the 13th is a bad movie, even though it was campy. There is no protagonist. I'm not following anyone or doing anything. Jenny, from before the midpoint, gets designated the middle, which makes it 
physically impossible for her to drive the plot yeah for even a single minute afterwards she can't communicate she can't make decisions for the group katsuro is the front and he gets to make all the decisions he's the most engaged with the doctor the whole time and she's just in the back being like "Eh." making an unidentified japanese tourist the head of the centipede was a wild choice yeah. and the absolute wrong one to and do. And the person that constantly speaks Japanese and not English <laughs> and it wasn't subtitled occasionally. Yeah. Like there was moments where it was just him yelling and you're like, oh, what did he say? But the subtitles, maybe it worked in the theatres, but I was watching it being like, what the Doubtful. fuck is he saying? Doubtful. It was an odd choice. And really they just did it because they wanted her to be trapped at the end between two dead people. That was the idea. Yeah. Her getting trapped there, which was a grim ending. And what annoys me about this film is that there's parts of it that were really gory and did disturb me and it did its job in a sense. Mm. As a story, fucking shocking. And yeah, it takes half of the film to get to the centipede. It's cripplingly slow the entire time. Yeah. And what I wanted to talk about was 100% the performances of the two girls just in that first scene. I just really want to touch on that for a second. (laughs) Yeah. The first two scenes were like somehow outrageously bad, like the worst parts of the entire (laughs) film. Before they meet Heiter, it was like, they're like on the phone, the American tourists are chatting to a friend and they say that they're, they're basically giving us exposition on the phone being like, it's been great in Germany. We met this cute waiter. He's invited us to a party. Yeah. And then they're driving and they break down. And the hysterical reactions they have to breaking down was insane. Yeah. Lindsay, I don't know where we're going. Don't worry, Jenny. Okay. We'll no, just no, have no. to find someone. It's way too good a performance. <laughs> I don't know where we're going. <laughs> Maybe you should call. He's so weird. We're lost. Where are we going, Lindsay? I love how they say each other's names a lot oh my in the God, space of 10 minutes. So much. It, it's like a first draft of a student production. And I don't mean like film student. I mean like high school student. Yeah. It's, 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 when, it, when it started and we see the performances, I immediately went, oh, it's this kind of movie. It but wasn't. It wasn't. Because Haider, the guy that played Haider, was pretty good. He wasn't bad. Uh, okay. He wasn't he wasn't as bad as the film made us think it would be. I said earlier a movie like this relies on their charisma. And I I do think he was the best part of this movie, but I do think he's not as good as he needed to be for that role. Mm, yeah. I like there's parts I mean, where there's I can always see him be interesting. Actors, for sure. Well, yeah, sure, but I like it still felt like gimmicky instead mm. of that sort of like fun, charismatic evil. The doctor coming into it for me was almost like salvation in a way. Cause like all of his actually speaking lines were terrible. And it was yeah. just the dialogue sucked. Yeah. The dialogue was outrageously bad. Yeah. And just the bit where she's like, oh my God, Jenny, she's pa- she's passing out. Like what's wrong with her? And he's like, Rohypnol. Date rape. I think he just says it. He's yeah. just like no. He says like it's the rape, the drug. rape drug. Yeah, rohypnol. He just tells them. There's no suspense or tension. Yeah. He's the worst villain. There He's are... immediately seedy and sus. And you're like, yeah. if, if I saw him at the door, I'd be like, let's not go inside. I'd rather wander through the wilderness than go into that man's house. Yeah, his face is too creased. His jaw is too like wide and angular. Yeah, he's 100% gonna eat us. He looked like someone, and I couldn't figure out who it was. Yeah, he he looked 100% like someone. Maybe he sort of looked like James Urbaniak, but that's a very niche pick. In a certain sense, I'm like, you girls deserved to get human centipeded because looking at him through the doorframe, you should have known something was up. That I, man doesn't look natural. I, I actually that man think it's unearthly. okay that they didn't anticipate becoming a human I'm centipede. I'm actively victim blaming here. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I think like, did you see what they were wearing? And also like That's the time true. of night that they were out, like they were asking for it. They had little sort of long insects all over their clothes, right? Like as a pattern. What? Well, you said look at what they were wearing. I was trying to say it does invite a centipedal reaction. <laughs> Lots of legs and tons of them. One hundred percent. It's more that it was skimpy, slutty, not not godly. Yeah, the the uh, end, you could almost say the ass of their shirt was stitched to the mouth of their pants. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that, like, the doctor did everything that was basically within his, like, rights. He he can't control himself. That's what I'm saying. And he also has a very promising <laughs> career as a young sportsman, so we really can't put him under fire too much here can we this is a weird but i know where you're going with it bit considering how you started the episode (laughs) (laughs) yeah i came in being like i'm angry i'm a woman i'm angry about this film because okay i'll get it the reason that i got angry about this film yeah in my research i saw a lot of people label them as like ditzy or silly like stupid women because they were just yeah but also like the way that they were performing 
they just come off as like stupid and incompetent. Yeah. And they come to this man's house and they literally get stitched onto each other's like anus and to a man's anus. But I didn't enjoy that our two female protagonists were stitched at the end of the human centipede and yeah. had no autonomy. Yeah. And there was a random Japanese man that became like the leader of the pack. Yeah. I hated that. I was like, why did we watch these two women that are our protagonists be forced into a submissive part of the centipede and the man is at the front? Yeah. I don't like that. I didn't it made like me it angry. <laughs> yeah. And also the reason I was getting so angry about it as well is that when I looked into Tom Six, I think that's when my blood started boiling a bit. I went down a bit of a rabbit hole reading his interviews mm. and finding out about uh, finding more about this man because obviously I wanted to know who, the kind of person that would create this film. So, as I said, he's a Dutch filmmaker. He, this was just like basically an idea he had that he thought would be really cool. He ran with it. He got funding. When he pitched it to production companies, he didn't really go into detail about the actual kinds of body stitching that happened in the film. He just said it was a horror that involved bodies getting stitched together. And they were like, right. sounds cool, man. But they didn't know the specifics. And apparently when they found out later, they were like, well, fuck, we've already sunk our money into this. We've signed all the contracts. We actually can't go back on this deal. Yeah. It just better be good. What I don't like about him is that he's profoundly proud of these films. Uh. Profoundly proud. He thinks that he's making a masterpiece like artwork that people will understand better in 100 years. He thinks that he's... He's, like, really paving the way for new filmmakers, that he'll be, like, glorified. Um, That's what I meant. And he thinks that he's making an actual statement about fascism. Yeah. And he's not, because Haider is German and seems quite, like, Nazi adjacent. And he's like, it's about fascism. And it's like, yeah, what about it? Yeah. What are you saying? That guy's clearly modeled after a Nazi doctor. And that's probably why the the guy is Japanese as well. So the guy that he was modeled after, you've probably heard of him. His name... Mengele? Yeah, this character's name is literally Joseph, the angel of death, like the fucking doctor in Auschwitz that was basically performing all sorts of gruesome, like, experiments and stitching people together and cutting them open. And yeah, it's really gruesome. He was based on a bunch of Nazi doctors. Yeah. So I get that, but what are you saying? Yeah, you... Uh, what's the what's the point? I Why def- are you making us watch these awful, gory acts of brutality and violence for no reason? I feel like... I hate that. A lot of us are a little more switched on about things like that now, but I, I definitely feel like there was a long time where, and it's still going on, where, like, you were just meant to make a villain Nazi-ish, but then rev- remove them entirely from the context of of fascism and then go, look at the point I'm making. But you're if you remove it from the context, it's no point. Like, yeah. making him German and making the guy at the head of it Japanese doesn't make a comment on fascism or World War II. Making him be inspired by a Nazi doctor who also did human experimentation. Like, the characters don't do anything that make that have a point. Yeah. And, like, this is what he said. So Tom Six, someone had asked him about the shock value of his film, and he said, I'm all about creating original work and pushing boundaries of art and film. I hate mediocre shit. It's great to have raised the bar, but not just to shock for the shock. I'm the guy that travels the seven seas while others stay safely on shore, and I salute the very few fellow filmmakers who have... who." Have and do the same because I know how hard it is, especially now in our politically correct times. Oh, yeah, God. big groan, big thumbs down to this yeah. fucking guy. You know, the, the more I read about him, the worse it got. The reason I hated Human Centipede was just because PC culture <laughs> doesn't want you to stitch mouths to assholes. <laughs> then I got down this rabbit hole. This is this was my emotional process, guys. Yeah. Come with me on this roller coaster. Sure. When I started reading about Tom Six, I then just started getting angry, thinking about the fact that a lot of men like the this. He, seen, he keeps saying that he's a really nice, friendly guy. He had a very sheltered life. He's not a disturbed man. He's had to say that a lot, being like, I'm not disturbed. I'm really nice and, like, I'm a sweet dude. I'm just putting into film, like, crazy dark fantasies we all have. We don't all have fantasies about yeah. stitching a mouth to an anus, but sure. What, what made me angry is that I was reading into him and he was like, I feel like he's another mediocre little man with dark fantasies that he is admitted to that he thinks if he puts it into film, it makes it art, and it's not the case. Yeah. Like, there's no... I I come at this from a very particular perspective in that I think a lot of films need to have a strong theme that they're pointing to in order to be valid and to waste my time, essentially, to take up my time. Yeah. I want it to tell me something. This film told me nothing, so I sat through an hour and a half of barbaric acts for nothing, and that makes me angry. Yeah. And that's why I'm getting frustrated. It's also the fact that he's another little fucking man making these weird... I hate the word perverted because it sounds like prudish, but like there's a certain perversion perversion to like the things this guy's interested in. 
and mm. I don't like it. It it's I mean it is profound arrogance to have a thought and then assume that it will be inherently relatable even yeah. if it doesn't have a viewpoint. Yeah. Like it's it's not necessarily arrogant, although I guess you could argue it is, to have an idea for a story and think people will like it. Mm. But the idea that he is like everyone thinks like this, I'm the only one brave enough to say it. Mm. It's like, no, I do think it's a you thing. Yeah. Like I know I have known a lot of usually straight white upper class guys. Not exclusively, though, um, who have that sort of, like, I'm sheltered, thus I can't be evil, Mm. although I am participatory in a social class that does commit evil, and I think horrid little thoughts. Yeah. And everyone does that. That's why I believe man is truly evil. And I'm like, I think you just need to go to therapy. Like, process your shit. So... The what made me more angry, and the reason I kept thinking about this, is that I was reading up on some of his big influences. Salo or Salo, the one hundred twenty, the one hundred and twenty days of Sodom, and it's by oh. the Italian director Pier Paolo Pasolini. It's a seventies film. I think it came out in what seventy three, yeah, seventy five. I assume it's referring to like Sodom, like Sodom and Gomorrah. It's based on a book also called The One Hundred and Twenty Days of Sodom by Maki di Sade or Sade, and it's basically about a group of men who keep about 18 young children and torture them and rape them and beat them and just abuse the shit out of these children. That's what the film's about. I haven't seen it, but I read up on it because it was a huge influence for this film. And I was reading about Pasolini, who was one of the most like revered Italian directors and how Salo or Salo, I don't know how to pronounce it, mm. is also a very divisive film because people either love it or hate it they either think it's the most disgusting thing they've ever seen it's barbaric to make it or they think it's a piece of art and it's incredible and it's like vivid and it's and like it's emotive so it's very divisive as a film but i was looking up him as a director as well and all of his films were quite similar in this way and there was that little part of me that was like i'm sick of watching men's perversions on screen and i know that sounds strange because i know there is a sense of artistry behind it but sometimes i feel like eroticism which has its place in art and literature is often twisted by men into just meaningless gore and graphicness that we don't need to see. Yeah, That's I mean, what makes me angry. I'm not saying I don't want eroticism on screen. I just think it's twisted by the wrong men, and then we make they make films like that that are just genuinely disturbing for no reason. No, I know what you mean. I, there's been a lot of debate on Twitter recently, and I, I totally agree with it, of like blockbusters in the 70s and 80s used to be allowed to be horny in a way that like blockbusters now aren't we've kind of stripped sex entirely out of movies i think it's because we forgot how to find the line yeah and that's that's a problem like it's it's good that we're not representing as much sexual assault but it actually means that there isn't any nice sex on screen anymore it's just when it's shown for evil intimacy and eroticism is displayed well and doesn't always have to be like, I, I look, I'm not all for like rape scenes either. I'm not saying that everything has to be like a really loving, beautiful sex scene. But if it's not furthering the plot or if it's not tied to the theme, I don't want to see it. I don't want fucking little Italian men. I haven't watched this film. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not interested in watching this film because I don't, mm. I hate the idea of these, these young auteur directors making really disturbing cinema and they're revered for it. And I just think, I'm not explaining myself very well, but I do think that when women approach cinema and they make more like erotic things, there's usually like an actual like theme or purpose behind it. And it really feels like powerful and like integrated in the film. I'm just sick of reading and watching things made by perverted little man, men with like one hand on their pen and the other on their cock because they're horny all day. I fucking hate it. And, I'm so annoyed about it. And before you fucking men come in here going, these feminists are just hating on men. First of all, how'd you get here? Why are you still here this many (laughs) episodes deep? That's so wild that this is the breaking point for you. (laughs) But also, it's easy for us to complain about men making things because, you know, what is it? 95% of uh, Hollywood directors are men. Like, you know, (laughs) it's not even just about men. It's just about what we're seeing on screen. And it's almost all made by men. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm hitting my limits at this point. I'm hitting my limits because I don't think there's depictions of sex because it's usually entangled in violence is healthy when it's done by men. Mm. I'm sick of it. Like I'm just, I'm I'm frothing with rage over it when I started reading about it. Haven't even seen the film. Haven't even seen it, but I read about it and it made me angry. I need to just, Michelle, calm me down. Okay. Calm me down. Just Uh, bring me 
bring me back down here. I didn't even explain my point fully, and there's more things I'd like to talk about, but it would take up far too much time. No, no, no. Let's let's bring it. Let's bring it back. We'll we'll do a little role reversal. You know, you've been keeping it on track. Now it's time for me to bring some sillies. Hey. In this movie, you know the bit where he was uh, trying to, like, train him like a dog with a newspaper? <laughs> Wonder what's on that newspaper, am I right? You know? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lee's going, little doggy. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, like, when the when the police showed up, I was like, what? hey, at the end of the movie, when the police showed up? I, yeah. Yeah, I, I was like... That's, oh, you know, I, I mean, it, it didn't have any tension whatsoever, but then they just, like, sort of were like, let's fuck off. I'm like, classic police not doing anything, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. It's pretty that's good. pretty good. Oh, that's pretty good, that's you pretty know? Good. At the beginning when they're driving around, what if the, the car they were driving was Herbie, fully like... <laughs> <laughs> so, now that's excellent. Now they're in the now they're in the forest and they're like, oh, we're stuck here, Herbie." And Herbie's like, "Wah wah." Uh, that's good. So then that's at the good. end, you know, they're a human centipede going, ah, ah, and then and then, but then busting through the wall, comes Herbie. <laughs> hey, quick question as well: Who do you think would win, Herbie or Broom? Oh, I, I took me so long to remember Broom. <laughs> Broom. He was in your, your mum's car, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, Herbie, easily. Herbie would wreck a bitch. Actually, yeah, Bro- I don't know why I asked. Broom is so dainty and scared of everything. Broom, Broom is a wuss. <laughs> Broom used to make me cry. I think something deeply resonated in me about Broom. He'd be in his little garage, he'd be all quiet and dark, and then he'd turn on his little lights and he'd be like, I'm ready for a little adventure. But the world's so big and scary and he's so small and yellow. I really like Thomas the Tank Engine. I loved Thomas the Tank Engine when I was younger. Um, although I've heard some people argue that it it has very authoritarian undertones, which I can't comment because I haven't watched it since I was a little child. Um, I really like the Fat Controller, who as a kid I couldn't enunciate very well, so I always called him the Fuck Controller, um, which always made my mom laugh so much. Um, We're having a chuckle right now. And then there's that time they just brick the green one, Henry, up. They're like, Henry, you're broken fuck you fuck you and then they start breaking him up and they're like you did this you did this henry you made a mistake and now you're here sit and think about what you've done while you suffocate um and then the fat controller walks away it's it's when the fat controller was played by um (laughs) was played by james gandolfini (laughs) it takes a cigar (laughs) and like hey think about what you've done henry huh (laughs) (laughs) and what are you talking about it, it doesn't sound like that. That's not what James Gandolfini sounds like. Apologies for my rant. All I was trying to say... Good. I'm really glad. <laughs> all I wanted to say, this is a TDLR for anyone listening. Yeah. That, um, oh, I'm going to edit in here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you should like comically just do like a little like noises of speeding up the track. Like, <laughs> yeah. as I talk, you just keep I'm just sick of little... <laughs> these fucking <laughs> perverted... <laughs> What I want to say is that I think it's really interesting when we explore sex in different ways on screen and eroticism. I think that's great. I'm just sick of men doing it because it's usually fueled by the wrong intentions and it doesn't have anything interesting to say. I'm bored of it. It's not sexy anymore. It's boring. Well, and I totally get what you mean because this movie, very not sexy. Yeah. (laughs) Really unsexy. (laughs) 100%. 100%. Also, I also want to touch on the fact that like, the actual gore of it, right? Yeah. There were scenes that made me, like, freak the fuck out. Like, the bit at the end where they've just killed Hyder or they've he stabbed him mm. and he rips a bit of his neck off and you're sitting there being like, okay, actually kill him. Like, yeah. Like, he's right there. You've got the scalpel. It's the most obvious horror just thing. Just actually do it. And they're like, let's go. And they start crawling up the stairs and Hyder gets up and follows them and it's not really tense because you're like, you should have just killed him down there. Mm. But that bit hurt because as they're going up the stairs they're ripping from each other yeah. that bit was awful yeah. that bit was hard that, that whole end sequence from when the cops show up to yeah that bit um really was uh, the first hour i was like this movie is nowhere near as violent and gory yeah. as it promised but, but yeah that, that last 28 minutes now i can't tell was did i feel like vomiting because it was very upsetting or because i was eating cold tomato-based fettuccine whilst <laughs> watching it you tell me. Who's to say? Maybe that was a bad we'll idea. Never know. Was to eat cold 
tomato pasta. I mean, pasta tastes better car. cold because you can taste it better. It's just heat gets in the, the way of flavor. Fuck? When you heat up pasta, you can taste it cold? less. But cold, you get every flavor on the what spectrum, the fuck baby. What is wrong with heat you? Heat gets in the way of flavor. That's my new blog post. It's up today. <laughs> it's just so fundamentally oppositional to almost all culinary understanding. Well, why don't we get Gordon Ramsay on the line and we'll ask him. Well, but Hello. how many times a season of MasterChef does Gordon he go Ramsay. with his two hands? He goes, that is ice cold. That is raw. No, he... Sometimes That's fucking raw. raw. But sometimes it's not that it's raw, it's that it's Ice cold. That is ice cold. Yeah. And big. raw. Yeah. Splash of olive oil. And then he'll like put his hands together by just the fingertips as he's like pointing forwards a little bit. Salt in the pan. Yeah, there you go. I use fresh beef bourbon. Mm, that smells great. <laughs> I mean, you guys can't see it, but the hand performance is astounding. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> it's truly incredible. Look at that. That is Remarkable. Now, see, if Gordon Ramsay played the Doctor, I will, that's, this is what I'm talking about when I say charisma would help this movie. Yeah, for sure. You know? That would you really meant help Doctor it. from Doctor Who for a second, and that yeah. was just a whole set of mental well, images. that too, actually. If... You fucking baloney! <laughs> Get in the TARDIS! Get in oh, the TARDIS! I alien. <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch Gordon Ramsay be the Doctor with his alien companion. Oh, Doctor! <laughs> oh, he, now it is the companion. Yeah. <laughs> What are you saying? <laughs> Fucking idiot sandwich. He's really rude to this companion. <laughs> He's in Hell's Kitchen. I'm sorry. And, but then there's the one episode where he gains the power of speech and he's like, I am more intelligent than you could ever imagine, Gordon. That's right. Not even the doctor. I know you're, <laughs> <laughs> you're Gordon. <laughs> That was a really weird episode of Doctor Who, actually. That was when Moffat came back for a one-off episode. Fully into the camera <laughs> and says, I know you. And he, I've heard everyone hears their own name. <laughs> Where were we? We um, need to go back. Where were that we? That end sequence. For me, the most upsetting part, like, as you said, like, that whole end sequence is bad. And the part that actually made me gag a little... The uh, I forget the Japanese character's name because he's sort of unnamed the majority of the yeah, time. Yeah, Katsuro. His like spiel of trying to be intelligent. I was like, Ugh, whatever. It's really stupid I'm an insect. and upsetting. Hey, Mister. The bit that got me most of all is like Jenny at the back, like slowly dying of septic shock. Isn't like horrific. It's upsetting. It was, and that that for me, I liked the most. So you know how thought the whole oh, film. Oh, I hated it the I most. Mean, I mean, I like it in that it was effective and it made right. me sad because do you know how throughout the film they're like holding hands a lot yeah. and they're being like, oh, like we're still together, we're still that holding hands. That's how I they communicate. Like. Yeah. And then at the end, Katsuro's dead on the ground, bleeding out in front of her, and she's like grabbing Jenny's hand, and Jenny isn't grabbing back anymore because Jenny is just dying of sepsis. Mm. That bit was actually really sad, and that last shot. Of her sandwich between a bleeding out Katsuro and a literally pale and ghostly Jenny that's just died behind her. That shot, I was like, that's interesting, but I wish the film kept going. Well, because but- it, what, the, what the film could have been, if we're dealing with this gory piece of shit, is that they become the human centipede by act one, yeah. by the end of the first act. Yeah. And that point is the low point where she's got two dead people yeah. behind her and she's got to make it out. Yeah. I want her to make it out. Because I was left unsatisfied. A lot of what makes horror feel safe is that you're waiting for the catharsis. Mm. You know, in, in Get Out, that's he makes it out. In, in Halloween, Michael Myers gets got. You know, in Scream, they get Ghostface. You know, like, that catharsis is, is how... you feel safe in a horror movie because you're like, through all of this, this one will make it. Mm. And even if it's in, like, the thing where it's a downer ending, like, they made it, even though the ending is sort of ambiguous, but they made it effectively. Yeah. You can have a a downer ending if it's at least tied thematically to what's Mm. going on, but because this isn't tied thematically, it just made me go, like, I'm just sad. Like, why did I... The theme is... What was that for? Insects. Centipedes. Is the theme... That I that it upset me. Yeah, that's not a theme. That's not an effective experiment in cinema. So annoying. So annoying. It's so easy to make me sad. You know. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, <laughs> you're the target audience. Well, but that's she's the... already sad. But I'm saying like you don't need to do this to make me sad. Yeah, you, you can have a framework around it. Michelle, would you like some trivia? I would really desperately love some trivia. I am TV trivia. 
Director Tom Six showed a drawing of the human centipede to all the actresses who showed up to the casting sessions. Many actresses walked out in disgust after discovering what the role actually entailed. Correct. He <laughs> estimates it was up to 70% of actresses left the audition. And that's fair enough. I, I think- and he said that he liked that the two main actresses he did choose had the balls to be up in someone else's ass for a lot of the casting, for a lot of the shooting. And I was like... This is bizarre. He also said all the girls that auditioned were very beautiful. I was like, you just, you're a weirdo. You're a weird guy. I think you're actually just a really weird dude. He's also making a new film called The Anania Club. Do you know what Anania is? I I know what Narnia is. (laughs) Anania, let me get the description for you. It's an old term. um, Yeah, C.S. Lewis. It's an old term for masturbating. That's Um, not what I remember. The wardrobe was just a metaphor. It's actually where the kids called in to get a bit of privacy. Um, The Onania Club, yeah, is a film that he's coming out with. So Onania is an old term for masturbation. It's also a term for when, like, a guy pulls out instead of coming in a woman as, like, a method of birth control. Okay. His new film is called The Onania Club, and it's about a bunch of women that masturbate to really graphic violent material and it keeps escalating. And, hey, I haven't seen it. Maybe there's a commentary there. But I was like, of course you would. You would. A woman doesn't get to make that, but you get to make that. A yeah. female director and writer doesn't get to make that project to explore female sexuality. You get to make it, and you get to make it weird because you're a fucking gross dude. Yeah. That's why I'm angry. That's also that's another part of why I'm angry. Um, there's a lot of layers. Yeah. Sorry, Michelle. Um, but <laughs> think about broom. Think about broom. What what I was gonna little say, yellow man. I don't even think seventy percent of them walked out because they were like, "That's so disgusting." I think they walked out because they were like. Oh, it's this kind of movie? I can tell this is going to be a bad shoot and I'm going to get underpaid and disrespected. And he's kind of creepy. Yeah. Why is he wearing a hat and smoking a cigar inside? Like 100%. <laughs> um, also, like, yeah, he was also saying that, like, all the, he, he criticized the actresses that walked out because they just wanted to be pretty on camera. It's like, no, they probably just didn't want to take part in your really fucked fantasy. Yeah. They just didn't. I, I they probably didn't feel comfortable, you horrific asshole. Maybe those actresses were particularly bold, but also maybe they needed to pay rent. Like, yeah. Huh? Director Tom Six contacted a real surgeon for the human centipede design. This is why the film has the tagline 100% medically accurate, which is not true. <laughs> yeah, it, it it isn't true. It, it's also I I what I don't understand about that, and it is maybe kind of a larger critique. It builds itself as this like crazy idea, and again, like as if it would need medical assistance. All we see is heads close to a butthole. Yeah. What aspect of it did he get consultation on? I read into this. It wasn't even an IMDb's trivia. I did the research oh, today. I appreciate that. He reached out to a surgeon who wanted to remain anonymous because the surgeon at first was like, I've taken an oath and I th- think that helping this project would go against the oath that I've taken as a doctor. But they still did it. And then he got back in touch again and was like, yeah, but do it. And the guy was like, okay, um, but don't credit me. And they did a bunch of consultations and he showed him his designs and the surgeon and got back to him being like well you couldn't just stitch a mouth onto an anus because it would just it just wouldn't work it just physically it wouldn't work but what you'd have to do is take some skin off the butt flaps and then adhere it here like a little trough almost leading down into your mouth yeah that's the way to do it and like it would still stitch the lips together but you you, he he basically had to rearrange the skin on the butt to stitch it firmly onto the face because he was like if you stitch if you stitch the lips directly onto the anus it would just tear really quickly. You need multiple levels of stitching in order for it to stay on mm. properly and heal properly. So uh, that was part of it. I might trim some of that explanation <laughs> for the sake of our listeners. Wow. <laughs> was it too long? No, it was... Too graphic. It was very clear. <laughs> <laughs> keep that, keep that in. Here's some information about the consuming of feces, which was an awful scene to watch as well, where he's like, feed her, is feed that, her, is and Katsura's what, just shitting in her mouth. Is that what this podcast is? <laughs> what? <laughs> the, the trivia is how eating shit works. <laughs> yeah. This is a new section in the podcast, right? Sure. How shit works. <laughs> down, down. <laughs> but it's literal. <laughs> Feces is simply what remains of food after most, if not all the nutrients, have been absorbed from it by the body, although it usually retains some water. Because of this, the only person who could hypothetically survive living as part of a human centipede for more than a few weeks would have to be the person in the front. Yeah. The it's- other members of the centipede would eventually die from lack of water unless they receive intravenous fluids. Is it intravenous? That's how you say yeah. it? Yeah. 
they would most likely die due to nutritional deficiencies in that case. In the unlikely case that this doesn't kill them, ingesting fecal bacteria causes severe lung and stomach infections. Yeah. Like, it just wouldn't work. Well, it's, it, that's the most the, obvious thing about it. Fundamentally, it wouldn't work. Like, I, that, that, which is, I, this is what I mean by bait. The idea is so obviously stupid. It, it so obviously cannot work. There's but part of me Tom that... Six genuinely believes it does work. He doesn't listen to any of this critique, by the way. He's like, no, a human centipede could, could work. That's why I made this film. But that's it's what to explore I, That's it. what I mean. The bait is that he... If I go, this is dumb because it doesn't work, he yeah. goes, but it will work. Yeah. And no, it's dumb because it's a bad movie. A lot of, also, it doesn't work. A lot of reviewers are like, fuck, is this guy, like, Tom Six putting on his tagline on 100% medically accurate? They're like, he knows it isn't. He's claiming it still is, even though people are giving him facts about how his human centipede couldn't work. But he's just doing it for publicity. He's like, it's a it's a media I, tactic of being like, yeah, one hundred percent could I, be a thing. I almost resent the need for facts to say it doesn't work. It it's yeah. so obvious. That common sense yeah. suggests that like thousands of years of of cultural telling of like how food and fecal matter work yeah. suggests it doesn't work. Like it. <laughs> Here's a fun little piece of trivia that will lead perfectly into the review section. Excellent. Roger Ebert refused to assign this film a star rating for his review. And this is not to be confused with giving it a zero star rating, which he hands out to the very worst films that he sees. Sure. He gave this a nothing star. Like, no, like mm. not a review at all. He refused to assign this film a star, saying it doesn't really matter whether the film is perceived as good or bad. He closed the review by writing, this film is what it is, and occupies a world where the stars don't shine. Yeah. He just hated it. He couldn't. I agree with that. To expand on your point earlier, the main thing I don't like about this movie, but also Tom Six's viewpoint, is like making a movie where things are bad, your viewpoint, I guess, is that humanity is inherently evil and flawed. Like, that's not controversial and edgy that's exactly what we're encouraged to believe because it plays into the hands of people who want to exploit us like that it's just it's it's not clever Mm. it is infinitely more bright and wonderful to believe the real truth which is that human beings are communal and love being with each other and try to care for each other she said it both like best there's some good in this world mr frodo and it's worth fighting for yeah Fuck you, Tom Six. I'd watch Samwise Gamgee and Tom Six brawls. <laughs> Samwise would just beat the shit out of him. He he beat the fuck out of Shelob. Yeah. Like, we know he'd win. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to hear some actual reviews? Yeah! Reviews! Rotten Tomatoes gave the film a 50% approval rating, which is really high considering what yeah. we've dealt with in the past. That's really high. But it's the it's the thing where, like, the people who are rating it are the people who are going there to give it a 10 out of 10. Yeah. It's probably, like, a meme. Yeah, there there is a lot of that. There's definitely... There is a meme. But that's also... Like, on Rotten Tomatoes, they do that less. On IMDb, they do ratings as a meme. And there's heaps on IMDb. No, no, no. But, I mean, like, on IMDb... Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, they do things like review bomb Captain Marvel because it's a True. woman. I'm saying, like, it, this was probably a meme on 4chan where they were like, let's love this movie. I think it there was because, again, the IMDb reviews indicate that too. But um, Variety magazine writer Pete DeBerge criticized the film's lack of social commentary, saying that it could not be bothered to expand upon its unpleasant premise. Yeah. Inviting audiences to revel in its sick humor by favoring Dr. Hyder and characterizing the victims as shallow expendables. And that's exactly how I feel about it. Hmm. It's gore with no purpose at all. The New York Times review by Jeanette Katsuli noted that whether the film was a commentary on Nazi atrocities or a literal expression of filmmaking politics, the grotesque fusion at least silences the female leads, both of whose voices could strip paint. I didn't like that comment because it's another way to shut women up. Mm. (laughs) Again, I've just been on this like insane fucking feminist rampage tonight reading everything. This is a female reviewer saying that the two leads had nasal voices. Shut up. Sure, stop, yeah. Stop criticizing women for talking. I don't care if you don't like the sound of their voice. Just stop. Just think about the fact that you're literally saying you don't like hearing a woman talk. Yeah. There's already so many issues with that in the first place. They don't need it from women and men. Shut There's up. A, stop saying that. There were a lot of critiques of Hillary Clinton. She's shrill wasn't one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a review from Brent McKnight. Not nearly as shocking as it thinks it is. Robbie Collin from News of the World said, however rank the idea might be, the execution will barely make you flinch. True. Yeah. And here are two reviews from IMDb. This one is bad taste and good mood. And this is definitely an ironic one. 10 out of 10. Oh, okay. 
What's wrong with you folks? How come you all here review this flick as a horror movie? This one is nothing but a joke. A sophisticated joke that only European perverted mind could produce. (laughs) Nothing personal, Mr. Six. Great. Great, 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 great. Thank you, European perverted director Tom Six, for a half-hour tasteless masterpiece. 10 out of 10. That that was written by the family from Hostel. (laughs) (laughs) And here's my personal favorite review I plucked out of the IMDb archives. Another 10 out of 10 review by Extinct Knight. And it was called It's Like a Choo Choo Train. It's like a choo-choo train. <laughs> that is how my brother described it. 10 out of 10. <laughs> I, I mean, you know what? I'm kind of coming around. Yeah. I like trains. You I like choo-choos. things that are train adjacent. Yep. Why not? I even said earlier, I like Thomas the Tank Engine. Is this like that? <laughs> Everything's linked. <laughs> Hell yeah. Tonight's been a real revelation. Yeah. <laughs> they should have named the guy at the front, Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> What's your review of this film, Michelle? Like I said... I, I really didn't like this movie and I don't want to fall into the trap of saying that I hated it because it was gross because I hated it because it was incompetently made. Yeah. Like there's parts of, I was thinking about the, this on the drive home. There's parts of it with like the the cops coming over and he's trying to palm them off while they are trying to escape and like going up the stairs that like on paper, I'm like, that actually is an effective scene from a horror movie. But it's not an effective scene from this horror movie. Instead, it's played so dull and so boring. It's so hammy as well. It's so hammy. Drink this water, which is spiked, and leave my house. How dare you insinuate I have something to do with these disappearances. And he drops the the thing, and there's, like, the injection. The injection in it to sedate him, and he's like, it's insulin. Yeah. So, like, it's... (laughs) It is incompetently made, yeah. and I, I I just thought it was, like, upsetting. I wish it had a viewpoint. This movie was as bad as uh, how I describe Lars von Trier, who yeah. I really don't fucking like as a, as a director. It's just disgusting and hates women for no reason. Yeah. Um, but without any p- theoretical artistry. This film just reeked of hating women. That's what really got me. There there isn't anything blatant in it necessarily, but it just reeked of it. You can tell Tom Six is just a fucked guy. Yeah, it feels like it's made by someone who would be easily radicalized in the alt-right or almost as bad, thinks that he's a lefty, but is actually importing a lot of those there's winners and losers and humans are evil and I'm smarter than everyone Mm. sort of ethos. And I really hate that. And I really hated this movie. I'm going to give it 0.5. Yeah. It gets 0.5 because there's parts of it that I'm like, that is a movie. Yeah. Um, That's very generous generous of you, Michelle. I think I'm so. giving it a solid zero. Yeah. And I don't want to explain anything more about my decision. I knew that was coming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was the human centipede. You can find us on Twitter at RateDescendPod or you can email us at RatingDescending at gmail.com. Or you can find us on our own accounts. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Michelle.SaintClair. And I'm on Instagram under Abigail J. Ward. And if you can, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps. Yes, it does well what are we watching next week michelle next week we're watching something super thematically in line with human centipede uh big mamas like father like son (laughs) i'm actually excited after the human centipede i need this we need this this. we've sacrificed ourselves for you this week yeah please know what we're giving we're gifting something that you didn't ask for yeah you have to now like her yeah you have to be our friend grateful it's my birthday tomorrow and i watched a human centipede for you guys as of four days ago when you're listening to this please be grateful please be nice and get me a present the week (laughs) 